you know, there's all these stories about, you know, guys over in Macedonia who are running these fake news sites. Number 24 is Content Farms in Macedonia. Bidiki ako se napravi greška, tak je bide kobna. Nema vrakinja nazad. So, Europe need to, to remain more sexypil lady in the world. Ajde, majkata! Gospode, čuva Macedonija in izinite gregi. With very little prompting from political parties on the right or left, Macedonians from all walks of life, class, and political persuasion, and for the past nearly 10 days and in the tens of thousands, have been protesting and demonstrating peacefully in front of the Macedonian government and parliament against the proposed French-Bulgarian proposal that is now before Macedonia. Macedonians around the world are also protesting and demonstrating. It's worth reiterating that this proposal would, if the Macedonian parliament accepts it, demand that Macedonia changes its constitution yet again to include the Bulgarians in it and without reciprocity, crack down on so-called, quote, hate speech, unquote, whatever that is, align Macedonian history and therefore schoolbooks, curriculum, etc., with the Bulgarian version of history and more. In short, Bulgaria demands that Macedonia commit identicide, to coin a word. And what does Macedonia get in return? Maybe a date to start EU accession talks sometime in the distant future, whereby Bulgaria can continue to block Macedonia's accession because now Bulgarian demands are a part of that very process to join the EU. Like with the so-called PRESPA agreement before it, there is a stream of internationals from the West basically demanding that Macedonia accepts this proposal while couching their words in the language of Orwell's animal farm. As Squealer told the animals, quote, no one believes more firmly than Comrade Napoleon that all animals are equal. He would be only too happy to let you make your own decisions for yourselves. But sometimes you might make the wrong decisions, comrades, and then where should we be, unquote. At the very least, it is satisfying to see such creatures as Nikola Dimitrov, Florian Bieber, Sergen Sivich, and others who so vociferously supported the so-called PRESPA agreement now come out denouncing the proposal. One can bet they will no longer get invites to American embassy events. We'll discuss all of this and nothing more on this episode of the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast. I'm Jason Miko coming to you from the foot of the Catalina Mountains in Oro Valley, Arizona. And this is Svetan Shulemanov in Skopje, Macedonia. How you doing, Svetan? Uh, good, good. Getting ready for tomorrow. Big day ahead of us. Yes. So what is, yeah, so what is, let's, let's start with the timeline here. Uh, today we're recording this, episode number 140, on Wednesday, the 13th of July, 2022. Uh, so in theory, so von der Leyen, Ursula von der Leyen is one of the many internationals I, I just mentioned that internationals are pouring in. She's coming to Macedonia tomorrow mm -hmm. to, um, to, to uh, talk to the parliament, I believe. Uh, mm -hmm. And then what happens next? Uh, they want to put it to the vote tomorrow. So uh, there was a lot of oh, talk really? by wow. this and they'll do it next week, probably to... Uh, diffuse the protests and uh, then just uh, they announced that it's coming uh, down to the wire tomorrow. So von der Leyen will be there. She will address the parliament. Then uh, you know representatives will speak apparently with her present, and uh, then they'll put it to a plenary vote, and it will likely be adopted uh, 
with more than 61 votes uh, in Parliament. I, I noticed a, a, a tweet yesterday from Dana, I guess it's Dana Spinot, Deputy Chief Spokeswoman and Director for Political Communication for the EU Commission. She tweeted yesterday, uh, President von der Leyen will travel on Thursday, 14 July to Skopje, where she will deliver an address, quote, in a solemn session of Parliament, unquote. <laughs> <laughs> Which I tweet, you know, that's designed to give a thin veneer of credibility and respectability to this mockery and sham. <laughs> Uh, I have to also, I, I saw another, I saw another email that started calling, and maybe this is old, maybe von der, von der Leyen, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, she's there to, uh, to sell a, sell a mockery and a sham and a package that Macedonians don't want. Polls show that the vast majority of ethnic Macedonians do not want this. There's only a small percentage and they all work in the various embassies and the international groups and the government, of course. Mm. Um, you mentioned the parliament would probably uh, pass this, and I saw some numbers earlier that there's 32 ethnic Albanian members of the Macedonian parliament. Is that correct? Uh, I think so. Yeah, roughly. Yeah, and they'll all vote for it. And there's and Sudasa. Let's drop the M. Sudasa has 32 members. So, and I think you yeah. tweeted or somebody tweeted that basically the Albanians are determining the Macedonian identity in this. Yeah, so this, uh, with their coalition partners, some of them were Albanians, minority, etc. They have, they had forty something. They're down to thirty, uh, seven, eight. But there are these smaller parties, uh, uh, who are um, the parties are opposed to the deal, but their members of parliament might be in favor. There is a lot of talk today whether these three or four ethnic Macedonians elected on this SDSM list, but not from SDSM directly whether they will support the deal. Uh, and then uh, SDSM themselves nominated ethnic minorities, Albanians, etc. Uh, then they have coalition partners from smaller parties like Roma, one Serb member of parliament uh, who the, the Serbs voted against Prespa, but now there, there will be one Serbian who will likely vote in favor of this. And he's facing a lot of uh, criticism from the opposition-aligned Serbian party. There will be Bosniaks, Turks, uh, and the like. So SDSM, I counted only SDSM party. They're down to about 29 or 30 ethnic Macedonians. Wow. Uh, out of 120 in parliament. So this will be adopted, let's say, 65 to 70 members of parliament. Uh, it's very likely that uh, less than half of those who vote in favor will be ethnic Macedonians. And uh, obviously the, the treaty directly influences only ethnic Macedonians. It, uh, as you said, would uh, open, would condition the country's EU integration with the process of uh, uh, redefining Macedonian history and national identity along the Bulgarian demands and the Bul Bulgarian lines. So obviously, you know, it does not really hurt anybody else in the in this country except for ethnic Macedonians. And a poll showed that among ethnic Macedonians, the division is about, I think, 75 to 15, opposed to those in favor of the deal, of the proposal. And in the overall country, I think uh, under 30% were in favor. So if you add all the minorities, Albanians, it's still less than a third of the population uh, who support the idea. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a very, very damaging uh, 
move for inter-ethnic relations that uh, the majority of the people who will vote for this uh, in, f in favor of this tomorrow will be ethnic Albanians and then some Roma, Turks and, uh, uh, and the like. And we have, we have famously have this uh, arrangement in the constitution that we cannot adopt a law that influences, that affects uh, um, ethnic uh, no, matters that would be linked to the ethnic identity of the minority groups. Mm. So it famously mm. began with a law on the Macedonian television when the Albanian party said, okay, according to the constitution, you cannot even amend uh, some minor things in the television because it has channels that broadcast in minority languages, so this would influence our ethnic rights. And since this uh, uh, formula was put in place after the war in 2001, starting with this one vote, it's been gradually been extended to all sorts of things. Uh, so we, we need to have the majority of ethnic minority members of parliament voting in favor of anything that could influence ethnic minorities, their ethnicity, their culture, their right to self-determination. <laughs> but nobody thought to put a provision that, that the majority of Macedonians would also be protected uh, because we all assumed that the SDSM would not be such sellouts and that they would protect some minimum uh, you know, uh, red lines for Macedonian identity. But now we are having a situation uh, in reverse that the minority members of parliament will all gang up with a small, smallish group of ethnic minority members of parliament uh, from SDSM and uh, ethnic Macedonian members of parliament from SDSM and they will uh, adopt this roadmap, this negotiating framework for the European Union, which will directly tie every step of the way, which will probably take a decade or more uh, mm. and will cover all sorts of walks of life in Macedonia, culture, uh, internal affairs, environment, industry, labor laws, whatever. Uh, everything will be tied to Bulgaria approving it uh, through from their lens of uh, uh, national identity issues, and we want to, we as Albanians as a country want to, re uh, Bulgarians as a country, want to redefine Macedonian national identity. Right, that's a good summary, and and what you're referring to, I believe, is the Badinter. Um, yeah, uh, uh, it's not a law; it's the Badinter. Uh, Constitutional principle, it's in the Constitution. Okay, right, yeah. And I don't know how you... Is is the Badinter, is it in the Constitution? Yeah, of course, after the war it was adopted that uh, we need wow, to have... Okay. So you can form a government without the, the right. min ethnic minority members uh, supporting the government, a majority of right. ethnic minority members, but you cannot adopt... There is a commission which determines which laws need to be adopted with... Uh, uh, the majority of minority members and obviously right. you know this the number of these laws has grown and this proposal tomorrow is as well as the Prespa treaty they're both uh, you know absolutely clear-cut case of something that would need to be adopted with this uh, majority of ethnic minorities rule if it reflected on an ethnic minority issue, but because it reflects on the identity of the majority population of the country, of the Macedonians, then there is no constitutional protection. Mm, mm, yeah. Well, I, the, um, and, and going back to the, uh, the Macedonians and Sidisa, um, yeah, obviously they, well, they, they value their, their, 
their jobs, their positions, their prestige, mm. their paychecks, etc., more than they value Macedonia. Uh, I don't know what you can do about them other than voting them out of office in the next election, perhaps mm. protesting in front of their homes or places of work, uh, well, family businesses that they all are involved in and mm. things like that, boycotting those things, etc., uh, boycotting the Albanian uh, businesses, etc., that are uh, linked to the Al uh, ethnic Albanian members of parliament, etc. But, yeah, the, the Badinger thing, that's a longer-term issue. Um, not entirely sure how that is ever solved, if ever. In the meantime, though, so you mentioned the 10 years or more that it will take theoretically, for Macedonia mm. to join the EU, assuming the EU continues to function as it yeah. is, which is a sclerotic. Uh, and, of course, there's all kinds of talks of a you know, two-tiered EU system, uh, qualified majority voting, which might appear, things like that. Um, but even before you can open those accession talks, so according to this proposal, Macedonia still has to vote to change, has to change the constitution, which requires a two-thirds yeah. vote. And with those numbers that you just mentioned, even a high of 70 in tomorrow's vote, assuming it is tomorrow, that's mm -hmm. still not 81. Yeah. So that's the first hurdle. Of course, gaming this out, uh, Vomero has said, no way are we doing this. Uh, and, of course, there's fears that it's going to be like last time using uh, Johannes Balkan tactics, Han, to uh, force uh, members of Vomero to, to defect. Uh, and what will happen, obviously, is that Vomero will say, no, we're not going to do this. And then the EU, again, is going to, and, and the State Department, of course, mm. and NATO, are going to pile on Vomero and say, see, you're holding them back. And, of course, then the Albanians are going to say, say the same thing. Um, Eddie Rama is going to open his big, fat, stupid mouth and uh, say the same thing, etc. So, uh, you know, you can't, you can't win, it seems like. Um, but yeah. there's got to be a way around this. This is a, a higher, uh, higher intelligence level than what I have to uh, figure that out. <laughs> but um, that's essentially that's essentially the process going forward, correct? Yeah. Tomorrow the parliament will only uh, assume obligation uh, that it will uh, accept Bulgarian demands, and one of them, and and they will do this with 61 votes. With uh, 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 there are some saying that even they don't even need 61 that they could do this even with the majority of those present. Because this is just the mm -hmm. negotiating framework with the EU, which we are agreeing to. And right. uh, it's even doubtful that we need to agree to this and in this way, that the parliament needs to accept it. Accept it. But obviously the government wanted to have somebody take the, the hot potato from their hands. So they're going through parliament. Uh, but they will assume an obligation that we amend the constitution. So with 61 votes or less, they will assume an obligation on a future parliament, on a future coalition, on a future government, that we will have to mm. amend the constitution, which requires 81 votes. And um, these are not uh, available. Vemera is opposed to this. Uh, and to amend the, the, the constitution so that we mentioned the uh, name, the Bulgarian minority, the Bulgarian community in the preamble, along with the other ethnic groups in the country, which Bulgaria says you definitely should do because this is the principle of in your country you put every sizable community in the constitution and if you don't do this you we will not let you open accession talks so we'll be stuck immediately after the vote tomorrow this new obligation will be before us and 
uh, before we can actually begin the accession talks. So we'll be stuck uh, no matter what happens tomorrow. Uh, and not to mention the fact that Bulgaria does not recognize any kind of minority in their own country. So we've been postponing this for as a matter of reciprocity. You cannot admit to somebody the rights, the privileges that he would not admit to you. It just, uh, I mean, Serbia acknowledges Macedonians in Serbia, we acknowledge Serbs. Albania acknowledges Albi uh, Macedonians in uh, Albania, we acknowledge Albanians in Macedonia. But Bulgaria does not acknowledge Macedonians in Bulgaria, and we have said, okay, we are, you, you do not uh, want to make the first move, we will not give you the fifth step of <laughs> of uh, elevating the, the <clears throat> Bulgarian community in the constitution. So there'll be vote, vote tomorrow. This, uh, the EU will say, and they keep repeating this, this is your sovereign decision. If, uh, and the US keeps repeating this, <laughs> even though both the EU and the US have done everything they can to undermine the sovereignty of Macedonia, the parliament and the government through the colored revolution, through arresting members of parliament, uh, etc. Uh, and they will say, okay, you have agreed to the negotiating framework um, and any future Macedonian government, when SDSM collapses, uh, their coalition collapses due to this orgy of incompetence, uh, humiliations of the uh, nation, uh, not to mention, you know, the disasters with uh, COVID, uh, the failures and corruption surrounding vaccine procurement, inflation, economic collapse, etc., when they fall, when Vimera forms a government, you know, the EU will keep saying, okay, but one of your prior parliaments agreed to this framework, and we had difficult enough time to get one member state, Bulgaria, to agree to this. We cannot renegotiate this, so we cannot go beyond this point. Any future government, even you have, if you have a proper sovereignist government, it will not be able to open accession talks un until you amend the constitution, and then also begin uh, implementing these annual reviews, which Bulgaria is, will be preparing. Mm -hmm. And these reviews will judge Macedonia, whether we are implementing the 2017 uh, Zayev-Borisov Treaty, signed by Zayev and Borisov, the Treaty of Friendship and Good Neighborly Relations and Love and Peace and uh, Tranquility. And this this treaty includes the, the, the issues you mentioned. Uh, uh, Bulgaria demanding that uh, there is a consensus between a group of Macedonian and Bulgarian historians on historic figures and uh, historical events. And since Bulgaria holds the stick and the carrot in, all, in these negotiations, it's always demands from the Bulgarian historians and pressure on the Macedonians, his, Macedonian historians to agree to the Bulgarian reading of history that so-and-so historic figure from the medieval period or the national liberation enlightenment period or from uh, the second world war period was of ethnic bulgarian uh, and uh, the implementation will require that uh, not only the historians agree but that uh, this new historical narrative is adopted is taught in macedonian schools is uh, implemented in macedonian uh, the books and movies and documentary films and etc. They will demand an end to what uh, Bulgaria labels hate speech, which has obviously been uh, inflamed from both sides after Bulgaria started vetoing Macedonia two years ago. Obviously, 
the rhetoric between the individuals on both sides and journalists and opinion makers has been horrific over the past two years. So now Bulgaria will want uh, the Macedonian government to arrest somebody, to scare people off or to introduce some sort of censorship. And just today we have uh, uh, an organizer of the protests uh, against the Prespa Treaty and the uh, Bogdan Ilyevsky, he said that he just today received uh, a note that a Bulgarian organization in Macedonia has reported him to the Anti-Discrimination Commission. So this will be one way of uh, in which uh, this will be enforced. Another will be just proper, you know, full-on criminal charges for hate speech uh, if you are <clears throat> not uh, couched enough or not walking on eggshells enough when criticizing this treaty and the Bulgarian demands. Um, and uh, what are the other demands? That we open the secret police files, okay, no objection here on my part, uh, to <coughs> reveal the extent of the communist era uh, attacks, assaults on political dissidents. But there will be a, an interesting twist in this, <laughs> because the pro-Yugoslav, pro-Serbian secret police under Yugoslavia, uh, they, they loved to label all dissidents, even if they were proper Macedonian nationalists uh, wanting a Macedonian nation-state separate from Yugoslavia, or if they were uh, anti-communists, like uh, wanted free markets, uh, individualism and all that good stuff, uh, the police loved to label them pro-Bulgarian. So we will have Quite easily, 50,000 dossiers come out. So this was the slur. This was the uh, excuse to prosecute somebody. Just say he was co collaborating with the Bulgarians during the war. He's, he has pro-Bulgarian tendencies. He's uh, Vancho Mikhailovism. Uh, that's a supporter of Vancho Mikhailov. We are investigating him for Vancho Mikhailovism, the mm. former Vemeral leader uh, during the war. So uh, in the words of our own secret police, they will be, which will be taken, uh, you know, without uh, full elaboration of the context, context of the circumstances, uh, we will have a revelation, Bulgaria will have on its hands, like an archive showing that 50,000 of the most distinguished business, intellectual, you know, clerical leaders of Macedonia after the war were Bulgarians <laughs> and were prosecuted as such. And they will just say, okay, listen, this is proof that, uh, you know, we were all, we were all Bulgarians. So, yeah, this, this is the third demand. And, it's, and this is why not only Vimero, obviously the pro-sovereignist parties protesting this, but also a significant chunk of SDSM, the left, people who built their careers hating on Bulgaria and, uh, and on Macedonian patriots. Uh, in the name of Yugoslavia, they will. They are now being forced to accept uh, uh, these demands. The demands will include removal or editing of World War II memorial plaques, uh, like these marble, like uh, monuments here and there. Which, when they use the term uh, Bulgarian fascist occupier, so obviously the left is some on the left who are, have not sold on or are not have not sold out to the. Uh, current government, uh, they are very annoyed with all this. So yeah, we will have uh, we have uh, mass protests and a lot of outrage in the public. But with all the pressure from the internationals, the government seems determined to to do this tomorrow.
That's an excellent summary there. Um, and a couple of things I want to touch on. First of all, the, the issue of, of free speech. And again, I've said this many times in this podcast and written about it. And I know that Europe itself as, as a whole doesn't really believe in free speech, which is unfortunate because that's one of the pillars of, of American, uh, the American democracy and way of life. Um, and, and the problem with that, the, you know, the, I, keep, I always say, so, quote, uh, hate speech, unquote, so-called hate speech. And, you know, what is it? How do you define it? The problem with that is that um, it's it's subjective. There's no objective uh, definition of what it is. It is it, it basically what it is 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 I'm offended by what you say, therefore that's hate speech. Therefore you need to be prosecuted, and certainly shouldn't be. There should be no legal issues here involved in this. But when you say that the you know Bulgarian fascist government of World War II murdered thousands of Jews in Macedonia. Bulgarians say that's hate speech. It's not hate speech. It's fact. Uh, and they're going to use that, uh, as you've just pointed out, and they will be continuing to use that. Uh, so that's, that's, that's number one. Number two, um, I, I want to make a point, you know, going back to the internationals. What, what amazes me is just how quickly all this came together. With yeah. the so-called press, but that, that, you know, that took after the elections of 2016, in which Vumero actually won, but couldn't form a government, uh, then... Sadasa under Zayev uh, and uh, Ali Ahmeti took over. And then it was several years before, you know, the so-called PRESPA agreement was passed. This is just remarkable in terms of the amount of time since, this, since the French uh, basically accepted the Bulgarian demands. It's amazing how quickly this has happened. And, yeah. and uh, even uh, Kate Burns, the uh, outgoing ambassador from the United States to Macedonia in her quote-unquote open letter to the public, says that, she says, uh, the issues contained in the proposal are technical and have been presented to you without a lot of time for public debate. Well, two things on that sentence. They're technical, meaning you people are stupid. You don't understand them. Let the technical experts deal with it. That's condescending. She is, of course, the great white mother ascending from on high to come down and scatter crumbs amongst the peasants, uh, essentially is what she is, pissing from great heights on Calais down on the Macedonians. Uh, we understand that it is uh, not what you would have drafted if you had been able to unilaterally <laughs> not dictate the terms, but it is what the Bulgarians have dictated. So then she, she, she gives a few more crumbs, but it recognizes the Macedonian language and identity and protects them from further challenges, which is a load of horseshit, and she knows that. Uh, it's, just, it's amazing when you read her letter how closely it resembles the language of everything these internationals said leading up to Prespa. It's the exact same words, uh, and it's and 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 then going back, of course, to the the issue of uh, what uh, what what Squealer said. Um, yes, of course, you get to make your own decisions, but what if you should make the wrong decisions? Then where would we be? I, mean, I love that there was a tw- there was a tweet going around the other day. Uh, American flag imagery. Choose what's best for you. Macedonian flag imagery. We have chosen American flag imagery. No, not like that. Choose again. <laughs> You know, and it's just, it's the same thing. So, you know, how do you deal with these, let's call them what they are, little dictators? Yeah. That's what they are. Uh, the American ambassador, the American State Department. And, and as an American, this really gets me worked up because what the American State Department and what the American embassy in Macedonia on Calais and what the American ambassador are doing is they are destroying the credibility and the legitimacy and the respectability of the United States of America. Mm-hmm. I know that Macedonians love America and, and much of American culture. There's much to be 
not like as well. But you know, mm. any any Macedonian offered an American passport and a hundred thousand bucks would be here in a heartbeat. Uh, but this does not do anything to increase the respect and and credibility and legitimacy of the American government for sure. It does the opposite. And if she thinks that this is being persuasive, she is an absolute bloody damned fool. And you know, it's just every single American ambassador does the same bloody thing. And it's not just the Americans, of course. We've seen the EU. We got von der Leyen come in, and then we've seen the, the various tweets from the Dutch, the Germans, the French, and, and all of the others. Um, and it just chaps my head. Uh, okay, so that was number one. Sorry, I'll get off my little yeah. rant there. Uh, no, second issue, of course, is, <laughs> second issue, longer term, of course, that we haven't touched on. Well, first of all, you mentioned that people from the left are joining, and I think I mentioned it in the monologue, people from the left are joining uh, the protests. Uh, we see Nikola Dimitrov, Florian Bieber, uh, and others uh, that are saying, and actually it was Nikola Dimitrov and Florian Bieber came out yesterday with a, uh, uh, an essay, I guess, that said this is a bad, uh, I think they call it a rotten deal, um, mm. which is funny because uh, Nikola Dimitrov is the author of Prespa, and, and Florian Bieber was uh, its greatest uh, cheerleader, one of its greatest cheerleaders. Yeah, they're, they're still attacking. They're still attacking the people who were right about all these issues from the start. Who we've been talking about this since, for years that the treaty that uh, Zayev signed is not being implemented, and Bulgarians are technically in the right. Uh, and uh, Dimitrov was foreign minister when this was signed, and he built his entire career on Prespa. And they still call us the nationalists. You know, don't confuse us. So there is a good way to oppose this, and there is a bad way. There are, of course nationalists and pro-Russian infiltrators in the protest, but this is still a bad deal. I mean, they're still condescending on the people who were by far, you know, smarter and uh, had far more foresight how this thing will play out uh, since 2015. And we practically called it from the start. And, and they are now, when, when the demands have actually touched parts of history they care about, the Second World War, you know, the parts of history the left cares about, now they have sprung mm. into action and, oh no, we have to protect these parts of history. Well, we were gleefully throwing colored uh, prophylactic, prophylactics filled with, with color on uh, <laughs> the monuments which of the his, historic figures we do not like, but now mm -hmm. let's please all unite in protection of the Second World War and the partisan movement and, uh, you know, our... Uh, you know, we don't want the Bulgarians taking away our grandfather's uh, monuments. But yeah, please, please continue. I mean, just just wanted to make this clear that uh, even in this horrific defeat for the colored revolution and left-wing uh, gang, they, they still want to be aloof and uh, talk to us mm. from high. Yeah, yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. Um, but let's let's try and let's see if we can tease some some good news out of this and and unfortunately or unfortunately the, i think the good news comes but it's down the road it's not right away so uh and and the good news for us is bad news for them and and one of those uh, good news bad news things is that this introduces bilateral relations into the um accession yeah. process of future uh, eu states and so because everybody's got a beef against everybody else at least in southeastern europe sure. actually hell, throughout all of Europe. Uh, mm. It's just they've covered over those in the past. But because everybody's got an issue with somebody else, uh, this means that, you know, future current members or current members or future current members that get in can mm. block other members. And I hope they do. 
I I want I want to see um I want to see this play out in the future with uh greater greater deal of, of trouble and problems within the EU and within future member states. Ah, but note that in the framework a little commented on article which actually a friend of ours yeah. spotted uh, it says that we will not be able to do this. I don't know how, if it's going to be, when, when we become a member, that we will not be allowed to block future countries, future candidates. This is obviously put in place for Serbia, not to block right. Kosovo. So if they let Serbia in, that it won't block Kosovo, not for us. But it's in our framework as well. And very mm -hmm. few people have remarked on this, but it's interesting that they put it there. Yeah, that, that is. And, and that's, you know, I'm not a lawyer. Um, so uh, that's for legal minds to, to figure out, um, and, we'll, and we'll see. But I, I do think it, it creates problems down the road, and I hope it creates problems down the road. Uh, sure. I don't want to be part of the uh, misery, misery loves company crowd, but, um, but that's what it does uh, as, a, as a practical matter, I think. Um, the second thing is that, you know, and you've got to take the, the long view on this, um, we Americans are, are not very good at taking the long view. We're very short-term thinkers, and I think Western Europeans are as well, though less so. But the, if, if Macedonia is finally in a European Union of sorts, whatever that might be, 20 years from now, if NATO still exists, if World War III hasn't happened, if the second coming of Christ has not occurred, if, 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 uh, you know, what's to stop Macedonia at that point from... You know, essentially ripping up all these treaties and agreements and things like that. Uh, I, I I don't think I, I think Macedonia could do that. Again, this is all legal stuff and whatnot, but I, I think you can literally figure out a way to do it. Maybe not literally rip them up, but but um, cool. return to the status quo ante of say 2015, 2010, sure, sure. Uh, where yeah. So now the, the the question is though, if that's twenty, let's just call it twenty years from now. The question is, and I think the Bulgarians are thinking this way. Certainly, the Greeks are thinking this way. Perhaps the Albanians are thinking this way. Twenty years from now, is the Macedonian identity still strong, or mm. has it been watered down completely by these things that Bulgaria and the EU essentially and the State Department yeah. have demanded that Macedonia do? Um, I can't answer that question. What I can say is what I wrote in my most recent column, Testify, uh, and that is that, you know, as a result of all these attacks, I think Macedonians have really woken up and certainly risen up, and you see these Macedonian flags, especially the Star of Kutlesh, flying all over Macedonia mm -hmm. and the world. You see children, uh, you know, with the flags. You, you see parents talking to their children. We, we know that parents are talking to their children at home, no matter what the schools eventually teach. We see the songs. Uh, you know, this resurgence of Macedonian consciousness, uh, which is, you know, that's a human thing. When, whenever something like that is under attack, obviously it's going to bloom and blossom uh, and flourish. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it's kind of odd that it... it and it's a shame, but again, it's human nature, and human nature doesn't change, of course, contrary to what our friends on the left think, uh, that it has to be under attack for it to flourish. It, it would be nice to see it flourish no matter what, whether it's under attack or whether it's secure. So, But again, that's just human nature. So going back to what I said a moment ago, 20 years from now, assuming, and there's a lot of assumptions, and you know, you know, whenever you assume, you make an ass out of you and me, 
That's mm -hmm. the word assume. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. For right now, for the immediate future, for the next couple of weeks and months and then going beyond that, uh, it's just people are just going to have to buckle down. And I think the demonstrations could, should continue no matter what happens in Parliament tomorrow or the next day. Uh, I hope they do. Uh, I hope there's early elections. I hope SDS falls. I hope Ali Ahmeti meets his, meets his demise soon, uh, whether that's in The Hague or in a grave, uh, because I think he is one of the most destabilizing factors in Macedonia and the region. Um, yeah. I don't know. Is that, yeah, was any of that good news? I said I, said I wanted yeah, to try and tease some good news out of this. <laughs> Well, the good news is that the SDSM is collapsing for real. I mean, they, they rejected this proposal yeah. initially when it was made. So they were negotiating True. with the Bulgarians, but they left the negotiations to Buyaros Mani, who really does not care about Macedonian national identity. They were counting on the fact that Bulgaria had some kind of like moderateish coalition. But in reality, even, you know, the most diehard SDSMs in the end acknowledged that Bulgaria was playing good cup, bad cup. They had the good guys on one side, well, pretending to be in fight with the bad guys, the more nationalist parties in their coalition. And in the end, it was the most, the goodest coalition member, the smallest, <laughs> most moderate coalition member, making this proposal to parliament and then turning to Macedonia and saying, if you reject this now, the next proposal is going to be much worse. And then SDSM realized yeah. that they'll have nothing uh, left to, they, they will be defeated like with Prespa, so the, the, the opponent will get everything the opponent want, wanted. They turned to the US, but Bulgaria is selling uh, artillery shells to Ukraine and expelled 75, I think, uh, Russian diplomats while the negotiations wow. were ongoing. So there is no way that the US would put any pressure on Bulgaria to, to get a better deal for Macedonia. We cannot match this in any possible way. So the deal is the worst possible for the government. Uh, they're, they're hoping on this uh, one vic victory. So SDSM insisted that in Prispa, the one victory against the Greeks is that it mentions the word nationality and it defines it as Macedonian forward slash citizen of the Republic of North Macedonia. This obviously right. means citizenship, not ethnicity. You know, nationality in this case does not mean ethnicity. But SDSM insisted, listen, we won a clear designation of our uh, ethnicity, which the Greeks would never use for us. And uh, more and more we see it replaced with North Macedonians inst instead of having just Macedonians used. So this was their big victory in Prispa. Now they're saying that they scored one big victory against the Bulgarians in uh, this treaty, in that it's, uh, the EU agrees that uh, it's signing future treaties and translating this in the Macedonian language, while Bulgaria, and Bulgaria does not recognize the existence of a Macedonian language, uh, historically has not recognized this. It has claimed that it is a dialect of the Bulgarian language. Uh, and Bulgaria will just uh, submit like a separate statement uh, to this framework saying that, in our view, this is a Western Bulgarian dialect only codified in 1944, it's a recent language, not a historic language, blah, blah, blah. But this does not mean that in the end of the negotiations that the Macedonian language will be an official language of the EU, something that mm. Bulgaria has rejected all along. And it also, if Bulgaria gets its way on everything else, 
So if in uh, all the authors on, uh, using from, from Macedonian history are declared as Bulgarians in their own textbooks, which is another demand which we are agreeing to, you know, the government is agreeing mm -hmm. to, then in the end, even if they say, okay, you have a language since, a formally recognized language since 1944, but before this it was all Bulgarian, it will mm -hmm. be a victory without any substance. So it will just be like the current, you're currently designating this language as such, but historically they will want our children to be taught that it was Bulgarian language, that all the heroes from our past were Bulgarians, that we were all Bulgarians. So they will recognize that we are ethnic Macedonians, that we currently self-identify as ethnic Macedonians who currently speak a language recently codified as Macedonian language, but that historically we were Bulgarians who spoke Bulgarian. And this will, they hope that over decades of uh, learning this through schools, we will, uh, you know, ourselves grow with this uh, cognitive diss dissonance. Uh, yes. Uh, and for for this to work, obviously Bulgaria will want the accession talks to last as long as possible because once we are in, we can all throw all this stuff out the window. So uh, they will they won't let us join the EU for a very long time until they're satisfied that uh, these demands are fully implemented and they're taking root in the population, even if it's even possible to expect something like this to happen. Uh, mm -hmm. So SDSM rejected the deal. It was so bad that the government rejected it. This was at the end of uh, June, uh, when the French uh, presidency was uh, at its end of the European Union. Uh, there was talk, remember, that uh, Prime Minister Kovacevsky will not even travel to Brussels to discuss right. this. Then there was this testy press conference between Kovacevsky and uh, Edi Rama and Vucic, the leaders of Albania and Serbia. They were very indignant of the treatment from the EU. And then days later, Kovacevsky was invited to the USS Harry Truman uh, in the Mediterranean. And he came back and he said, okay, I accept this. This is a good deal. We, they changed two words in the whole text. And now everybody has to call this the revised, improved, the much better new French proposal, blah, blah, blah. But in reality, the US completely sided with Bulgaria. The Brits are currently not, not present, obviously, with their government collapse, but France siding with Bulgaria against us, it's a major defeat for SDSM, for the government, like a, a huge player in the European Union taking the position of this, you know, formulating this treaty, which, uh, you know, as I said, even SDSM rejected it when they first read it. So it's uh, Germany's also on board now, even though SDSM was hoping that the social democratic government in Germany will help them. So all this put together is a complete diplomatic disaster for them. And their only hope is the same hope they had in 2017. We'll sign this, but we will not implement this. So right. Zayev did not implement this treaty until now. And this is precisely what is angering the Bulgarians. They say, you gave everything that the Greeks wanted, constitutional amendments, you're actually not using the symbols, at least officially, formally, to government institutions. You're actually renaming government institutions uh, to remove the word Macedonian from them, etc. But uh, we sign a treaty and uh, you do not accept our demands in history, you do not put any plaques that 
Tsar Samuel was Bulgarian, that Cyril and Methodius were Bulgarian saints, etc. And how we will, I mean, if, if we do not implement this treaty, whether because the government collapses and Vimera comes around, and obviously there will be no implementation then, or if SDSM lingers, limps on in a, some coalition, which would probably have to include even more Albanians, and uh, it will probably make the government, uh, which is currently, we have parity in ministers, they're evenly divided ethnic Macedonians and Albanians, for a country which is 60 plus percent Macedonian and 25 plus percent ethnic Albanian, the number is even now of ministers, and if SDSM is forced to take even more Albanian parties because some of their smaller Macedonian coalition partners rebel over this, the government will have a major will be majority ethnic Albanian. Um, so even if they limp on in this some kind in some form, but still do not implement the treaty, any future Bulgarian government whether. It, it, it probably will not be more moderate than what we have now, this outgoing government. So it will probably be more nationalist. We'll obviously demand full implementation. And if we drag this on for a year or two, they'll come back even angrier and uh, it will make matters even worse. Uh, we'll still be blocked in EU accession talks because of these constitutional amendments demand. So yeah, it's all, uh, all making things even worse. And the U.S. ambassador and diplomats are telling us, okay, listen, but you can sign this now, but then uh, if you don't like it in the future, if, it, if the implementation is really tr too strict, you can back out of it. You can just say no. But this will mean no EU accession talks, and the, the, the whole of the EU will have a very strong reason to tell us, listen, you cannot, you agreed to the terms and now you want out. Uh, before, when Vimera was... Uh, negotiating with the Greeks, the, the EU very carefully, was very careful not to, uh, we would not accept, obviously, and the EU was careful not to include identity issues in the negotiating framework. They, they never could agree to, to say that, listen, we are forcing this candidate country to make changes to its identity. They would mm -hmm. invent problems with uh, democratic governance, like... Uh, gay rights, like media freedoms. For a long time, the issue was cultural, culture of political debate. There is lacking of political debate. Wimmer is not accepting enough amendments from the opposition uh, in the laws it's proposing, and they don't sit enough, often enough, and they do not, they're not present when uh, the president who is from ACDSM is addressing the parliament. So we do not like the their attitude in Parliament. So these were stupid reasons they would come up with. But now the EU, as you said, this is good news. I mean, now the EU is out in the open and says, okay, we're blocking them uh, because of their identity. So, <laughs> and this is happening on SDSM's watch. This is this horrific diplomatic defeat is coming on their watch. That, uh, and that's the good news, that SDSM is being divided over this. As a party, they're seriously hurting. The next elections will be wipe out for them, and uh, I, I don't like being put in the same camp, like going to protest with some of the people who are going to protest, people who are strong supporters of the colored revolution. But now they say, oh no, wait, we've gone. This has gone too far. Like no kidding, right? no shit, yeah. Sherlock. <laughs> uh, but um, 
but yeah, I mean that that's the good news that yeah. we're def we're having the 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 political the party and the policy of making of appeasing our neighbors, uh, which was supposed to result in more respect and better relations between us. The policy and the party who was uh, which was advocating this policy are being defeated day yep. by day, and there are horrific defeats on them. So yep. probably we cure the Macedonians from this uh, thinking, from this type of thinking. That's, that's the only good news here. All right. Well, let's, let's end on that. Let's, let's, that's, a, that's a hopeful note. Um, political parties actually do come and go. Anybody remember Pasek in Greece? <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. So uh, they do come and go. So let's hope that, uh, that people, Macedonians wake up and see what Sidus uh, has done over the years to Macedonia and what they're doing right now. So... Mm -hmm. Uh, all right. Well, we'll we'll reconvene in a couple of weeks when this thing has moved forward and see where we are. This all could be mute. I mean, by tomorrow, we yeah. post this uh, this well, evening. But tomorrow, yep. it's very it's possible that uh, you know something horrible happens and uh, everything is out the window. Or, or also that uh, you know, is this? I'm hoping that this goes through Parliament. There are significant protests for a while, but. Uh, because implementation will be so long in the future, both right. changing history books and amending the constitution, is the assembly then return in a few weeks and say, "Listen, you protested for nothing. There is nothing is changed. You know, the sun is still shining and the birds are singing and <laughs> etc." So they, they'll they'll try to drag this out and hope that uh, people will will forget about this. Right. Well, we will see. All right, yeah. I got to run. Great talking to you. Sure. Yep, definitely. <laughs> you too, buddy. Take okay, care. take care.